You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Awesome. Welcome tonight. Over here, come on, let's keep saying hello. We've got someone over here. New, that's awesome. Welcome. Good to have you here. Woohoo! Come on, it's a good day in church when there's new people, yeah? Come on. There was this magician working on a cruise ship. Uh, doing his tricks and he realized that every single night there was a new audience and so he just thought you know what I'm just gonna do the same tricks over and over again you know the captain had a parrot and the parrot loved coming down to watch this magician uh, this magician do his tricks and every night he'd see the magician do the same trick and eventually the parrot caught on what was happening and so the parrot started heckling the magician he's got a different hat he put it under the table he put it in his pocket the magician was getting so angry with this parrot, he wanted to kill it, but he couldn't because it was the captain's parrot. One afternoon, the ship sank. And the magician, as fate would have it, found himself clinging onto a, one end of a pole of some timber, and on the other hand was, what on, on the other end was the parrot. The magician looked at the parrot with hatred. The parrot looked back with disdain. For days, they just stared at each other and no one said a thing. Eventually, the parrot broke and said, that's it! What did you do with the ship? (laughs) We'll come back to the parrot soon. Tonight, I want to keep speaking into the series called uh, The Wealth Mindset. Have you enjoyed The Wealth Mindset this, uh, this whole of July? In the last few weeks, we've been looking at you know, what kind of mindsets do we need to have in order to attract resource, right? In order to attract wealth. Tonight, what I want to look at is what kind of mindsets do we need as a church, right? Because next week is our vision offering, okay? We're coming up to a very important pivotal time in our church. And so tonight, what I want to look at, is there certain mindsets that we need to have this week and then coming into Sunday, right? Is there mindsets that we need to have coming up to our vision offering. You know, throughout the Bible, we can see that people have caused God to move on their behalf because they gave it an offering, right? Uh, There's this time Abram at this mountain called Mount Mount Moriah. He's about to give his son as an offering, but then God intervenes. He intervenes because Abram was about to give an offering. There's this one time, uh, this guy called Elijah at Mount Carmel. He's going to get killed if he can't prove to the people that God is real. And so he gives God an offering. And the Bible says that God answers his offering with a pillar of fire and proves to the people that he's real. And so a whole nation gets saved because of an offering. There's this one time where Jesus is preaching to thousands of people. And he says to his disciples, hey, it's lunchtime and they're hungry. Go feed them. And the disciples say, all we have is five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, that'll do. And Jesus performs this miracle feeding 5,000 people all because one boy gives up his lunch. There's this one time where this guy Zacchaeus, he's a tax collector and he steals from people professionally. He encounters Jesus and Jesus says, give your money, give what you're stolen back to the people. He goes and does that and Jesus says, salvation has come to your house. Good things happened all because somebody gave. God ends up moving in people's lives after an offering. And next week, we're taking up our vision offering. Who wants to see God move in their life, right? Who wants to see God move in our church? And so I think there's 
there's some mindsets that we can start uh, thinking about this coming week and then coming into Sunday that we can have that I think will cause God to move. In 2 Samuel 24, 25, it's our foundational scripture tonight. You can read with me. It says this. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord, everyone say and. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. What a great story. A guy gives to an offering and then God comes through answering his prayer and blessing a whole nation, right? But who knows that your dream just doesn't, you, you, you don't just wake up one morning and all your dreams fulfilled, right? It doesn't happen like that. Who knows that usually when good things happen, there's usually a prequel to your breakthrough. Who knows that, right? In this story, there's a prequel to the breakthrough. Every great story has a prequel. Batman, a mysterious hero in Gotham City, fighting crime and kicking bad guys, right? But there was a time when training and psychological development needed to happen for Bruce Wayne. There was a prequel to good things. What about Frodo Baggins when he destroys the one ring that rules them all, bringing down the middle earth threat of, you know, Mordor and Sauron, right? But who knows that there was a story before the story that showed, this, uh, that, that showed Bilbo Baggins in the process, uh, beginning of bringing future freedom to middle earth. There's always a prequel to the story. Martin Luther King, in the middle of a discriminatory society, you know, in the midst of ill treatment, says, I have a dream, and he fights for something. There's always a prequel to the good things. Thomas Edison failed a thousand times before the light bulb. Michael Jordan was cut from his first basketball team in uni. The Wright brothers succeeded where Samuel Langley didn't, when Samuel Langley had the uh, support of the government. There's always a sequel to great, uh, to, there's always a prequel to great things, right? David built an altar to the Lord and gave an offering and the Lord answered his prayer. What was it that David did that seemingly makes God move? And is there something that we can do this week that will make God move in your life? Are you ready? Here's some mindsets. Check this out. Let's look at the prequel first, right? So in this story, uh, uh, the Israelite people have said that the Israelites, uh, you know, did wrong in the eyes of God. And so God allowed uh, a, a plague to come on the Israelites, right? This sickness. And then we come in to verse 18. It says this, that day Gad came to David and said to him, go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arowana the Jebusite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him. When Araunah saw that the king and his men coming toward him, he came and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord? He asked. David replied, I've come to buy your threshing floor and build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. Take it, the Lord, my king, and use it as you wish, Arowana said to David. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering. You can use the threshing boards and ox yokes for wood to build the fire on the altar. I will give it all to you, your majesty. And may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. But the king replied, No, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord that have cost me nothing. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. David built an altar there to the Lord 
and sacrificed the burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. God intervenes within a sick community all because somebody gives in a vision offering. God heals a nation, God heals a community all because somebody gave in a vision offering. Who knows that we need God to move in our community, right? Who knows that there's a sickness in our neighborhood, right? The sickness is this, it's, it's, it's called sin, right? And all sin wants from its victims is this, their morality. All sin wants from you is your desire for a better life. All sin wants from you are your hopes. All sin wants from our community is their identity, is your self-belief, is our common sense. See, the culture of the world only wants to take one thing from you, everything, right? It wants your convictions, your faith. Sin wants your stability, your righteousness, your victories, your successes, your wisdom. Everything that makes you better, it wants. That's the sickness that we live in right now, right? And it's everywhere. Who knows that we need God to move in our city, right? To, to bring all that stuff back to us. The curse on the Israelites was taking everything until God intervenes. I just think that you and I need more moments where God intervenes, yeah? I think we need more moments where we find ourselves in His presence. I think we need more moments where we find ourselves being the answer to somebody else's prayer, right? I think we need more moments where we're just in that time where we're just downloading from Holy Spirit and getting something in here about why you exist. I think we need more moments with God. The reason that I love this story of King David is the fact that God allows somebody to be the catalyst of a miracle because of their offering. It's really cool, right? Because we're going to go into an offering next week. This gives us lots of hope. So what kind of mindsets does David have going into this offering? What can we learn for next week? Okay, so what mindsets does he have here? What can we learn for next week? Are you ready? Here we go. This is where we're moving forward this week. Number one, the first mindset that David has is this, the responsibility of leadership. The first mindset that he has is the responsibility of leadership. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him, right? David went to do this. See, leadership is essential to breakthrough. It's essential. If you can picture the story, right? David, he's gonna give this offering. He's passionate about it. And then somebody else comes and gets excited with him, you know? And David, let me be a part of this as well. You know, number one, that's good leadership, right? When you've got people following you, right? If you think you're a leader and no one's following you, you're just taking a walk, right? <laughs> but David has to be following. David, let me get involved in this. And, and, but this is what David says. He says this. He says, listen, I'm pumped that you want to take on responsibility as well. I'm pumped that you're up behind this. I'm so excited that there's someone else that wants to give an offering, but this has to cost me something. The first thing that David does is he takes responsibility. He says, hey, listen, I have to take the lead. I love your enthusiasm and it's praise the Lord that someone else wants to pay the price, but this has to cost me. Imagine if every church in this city were to get a dream of citywide salvation, but then all decided that somebody else is better suited for it. <laughs> Nothing would get done because it takes responsibility. David comes to God, not just with an offering and a hope, but he comes to God with an action and an expectation. Check this out. Expectation without action is what separates desire 
from achievement. Let's go to the next slide. Because desire minus action only leads back to desire, right? If you have a dream minus action, it's just a dream. And who knows that the Ipswich Cemetery is the biggest place of dreams right now, right? Dead dreams. But desire plus action equals outcome. And so David comes to God with a desire and he says, listen, Aaron, I'm glad that, you know, you give me the opportunity where I can just kind of, you know, have a desire and not do anything. But this is the thing, it's going to cost me. I have to take responsibility of this because I have to act on this. And so David acts. You know, next week is all about us as a church taking responsibility for the salvation of our city, right? Just as pastor preached this morning, you know, our resources exist to win people for God. That's why we have a car. That's why you have a house. That's why you have resource. It's to make friends and win people, right? <laughs> it's so good. So next week is, is our turn to take responsibility because who knows it costs to get the gospel forward, right? We were at Life Group on Thursday and um, having a good time. We were, we're doing a study in Proverbs and uh, we're talking about mentors and, 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 and church and people that have been uh, significant, you know, in, in our uh, faith journey, I guess. And what was interesting is one of the guys uh, told uh, how he come to say yes to Jesus. And, and he said this, he said, I started my journey when I walked into the building of Centro Church. And I was like, okay, explain. And he said this, he said, I thought that when I walk in, I'd see a big cross, a guy up the front in a white robe, and everyone else just sitting really bored reading from a book. That's what I thought church would be. He said he walked in on a Sunday night, and it was like a mini rock concert. He said, I've never, I've never thought that church would be like that that people would be so passionate about their God, about their religion, about that thing. And he said, that's what hooked me in, that there and then. Let me tell you, this didn't just appear, right? Somebody said yes to Jesus because they walked in the building, saw some people playing music, right? And that was when they said, yes. <laughs> Let me tell you, this just didn't happen. Who knows that the generation before us paid a cost for this building. Who knows that the musicians on the stage paid a cost to get trained? Who knows that there was somebody employed to keep a roster system going so that we could always have musicians, right? What's, what I found interesting was this, that somebody had paid a cost to make this work that someone could walk in and get saved because somebody paid the price because a group of people paid a price. Next week's offering is us saying, God, I'm making myself responsible for giving my church capacity to do good things. That's what next week's offering is about. It's about God, it's, it's about saying, God, I'm taking the responsibility of leadership. And let me tell you, if we just come with that mindset, that's a prequel to breakthrough right there, right? That's a prequel to breakthrough right there. Number one, have the responsibility of leadership. Number two, the second mindset that David has is this. He has a mindset that God will supply the seed, uh, seed to the sower. He has a mindset that God will supply seed to the sower. See, David comes onto the scene, check this out. 
with someone wanting to pay for his offering. Now, can I, just between you and me, it would be a great day if someone came up to me and said, hey Tim, listen, the next 12 months, I'll pay all your tithe. <laughs> How good would that be? Who'd feel pretty good, right? Who'd feel good if they come to church next week and say, hey listen, Peter, I'll pay for your vision offering, right? Praise the Lord. Wouldn't you think that? No, me neither. No, I wouldn't think that either, right? <laughs> no, you'd, praise the Lord. Someone's going to pay for my offering. Praise the Lord, right? Someone comes to David and says, David, I will personally put up for your offering. And David says, no, 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 it's got to cost me because here's the thing, right? I think David has experienced too many times the principle of miracles using his own seed to see God do miracles. I've experienced that in my own life, right? Where I use my own resource that God has given our family and God does a miracle through us. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says this, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat, right? So God provides seed for the harvest. In the same way, He will provide and increase your resources, seed, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. See, David could have got the offering for free, but he knew that there was power in using what God had given him. Right? David pays the 50 pieces of silver, you know, which doesn't disappear. They were either earned, given, or found. Because David's mindset was, God has given me the power to make wealth, so I'm going to use that seed that's supplied to me by God to see a miracle occur. Because David understands the principle of sowing and reaping. See, if everything that we have is because of God, then everything that we have is seed. But, but if we are consuming the entirety of our seed in our, in our home budget, and there's no seed to give back to God, then when can God increase our seed for greater harvest? If everything we have is from God, therefore it's seed. But if we are consuming our seed, when can God actually bless us? See, there's a principle here. There's a mindset that God will supply seed. So often, sometimes my mindset is, well, when God blesses me, then I'll give. But it's just the wrong mindset to have, right? It's just the wrong mindset to have. Malachi 3.10 says this, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, sowing, so that there'll be enough food in my temple, reap it. If you do, says God, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Now check this out. The word there, uh, windows of heaven, in the original uh, uh, Hebrew is this, ath abuth eshmim. Everyone say, ath abuth eshmim. Well done, you're all Hebrew. Right. It means this. Um, it, it, what it means is this. It means the crevices of the heavens. That's, that's what it means. So bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that there'll be food for you in the temple. And then the Lord will open the crevices of the heavens. When the Jews heard this scripture, what they interpreted as was this, that when I give those things that seem dark in my life, those things that I just quite can't reach, right? Those things that I just can't quite grasp because I don't know how to, those things in the crevice, I just can't see them. Things like my calling, my provision, my blessing. I know it's there, I just can't see it. My favor, restoration, 
wisdom, those things that I, that I want, I just can't get them, right? Those things that when I give, God will open up the crevices. God will bring light on the crevices. So, what, so when I give, what it means is that God is going to open up those things in my life that I just quite can't get. Those things that I quite just can't see, as I give, God is going to bring light to those situations. That's what this means, right? Sowing and reaping, right? There's blessing that comes on us when we give. The blessing comes on me is that which that I'm after, right? And so there needs to be seeds sown to see windows opened in your life. Next week is about sowing seed. It's about taking that thing that God has given us, the resource, and sowing the seed so that things can be opened in our life and in the life of our church. Who knows that there's things that we want to achieve as a church, right? That we just quite can't get. But I just believe that as we give in this offering, God is going to open up things and bring light on the situations that we can then move into things. And it's all because of an offering. The third mindset that David has is this, focus. The third mindset that, that he has is focus. He's not flippant with his offering. David replied, I've come to buy your threshing floor and build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. He's pretty determined, isn't he? You know, it doesn't say, you know, um, I'm thinking of buying a threshing floor. I might build an altar so that maybe God will do something. He doesn't say that. He's pretty determined. He's a pretty focused with his offering. You know, the reason why there's power in a vision offering is because it keeps us focused on the goal at hand. Because it costs you something. I remember um, I was at a youth camp and we gave, it was my first ever youth camp and they were doing a breakthrough offering and I was a new Christian and I wanted to lead someone to Jesus. You know, I hadn't done it before. I was about a year saved and people were doing it and I'm like, I want to lead someone to Jesus. And so I thought, you know, what, I'm going to give in a breakthrough offering so that I can have, you know, break the power of man of my life and, and have confidence and go and win someone for Jesus. And so I gave in this offering what I had. A week after the camp, a week later, I was at my workplace and uh, someone had walked past that I had kind of known uh, previously and we got talking and long story short, I led this person to Jesus. And my first one, I was so excited, right? And now, I'm not saying it was because I put an offering, but isn't it ironic that I put in a breakthrough offering and now I've got all of a sudden, right, the capacity and the excitement to go and do this, right? Now, let me say this. It wasn't magic, right? I didn't put in an offering and then magically I was more confident. It's not how it worked. What happened was this. I had put in an offering with focus. And what that focus did was it tied an expectation to that offering. And so now every moment that I saw an opportunity, I wasn't thinking of my insecurity. I was thinking of the expectation and what it cost me. That's what I was thinking of. And so when this opportunity walked past the front door of where I was working, all I saw was an opportunity and what that had cost me. And so I went out of my way to go and do what I'd put that in, in that offering. Does that make sense? Right? David was focused. I put an offering and I was focused. Remember one time where um, uh, we were at youth, we were uh, youth pastors, and this kid uh, wanted to uh, play guitar, but I told him not to because he was horrible. And so, but what happened was one night we took up a breakthrough offering and he walked up with this guitar and he put his guitar in the offering bucket. 
And I thought, fantastic, new guitar for youth pastor, right? <laughs> Puts this guitar in. I went to him up and said, hey, mate, what's with your guitar? And he said, listen, Pastor, I want to be a good guitar player, so I'm giving in this offering. I said, fantastic, no worries. Anyway, a few years later, this kid passes his conservatorium of music exam. He goes on to become one of the greatest guitar players, like in Mackay, probably the best. It wasn't hard because he's a steel drinker. He becomes one of the best guitar players in, in Mackay. It wasn't magical. It wasn't because he put his guitar in, he became good. What it was, was that he tied an expectation to what it cost him. And so every time that he practiced on his guitar, he was reminded of what it cost him. He was focused. Every time he played his guitar, he was reminded of what it cost. And so it kept himself focused. Next week, we're taking up an offering, right? And we want to do some awesome things as a church. Let me tell you, the mindset that we need to have coming into it next week and then for the next 12 months is a mindset of focus. That's what we need to have. Because if we want to see, uh, see God do good things, we need to be focused and looking out for the opportunities that come our way. It's only after David comes through with his promise, right, that God delivers his gift. And what's that gift? The, the gift is this. It's a gift of, tes- of, of uh, testimony. See, the other mindset that David had was this. He knew that if he went to God with the responsibility of leadership and knowing that God had given him the resources to give and that, he, that if he would just stay focused, he knew that God would give him a testimony. And so he went in with, to this offering knowing that God was going to come through for him because he had the mindset of God is a God of testimonies. David built an altar there, gave an offering, and the Lord answered his prayer. You know, when King David gave, the glory of God is what was revealed. God was then activated into the, into the, into the situation. His glory, his presence, his grace, his thoughts and plans were released on the people. An offering next week helps our church to keep finding testimonies. That's what it does. Because people will be one to Jesus. Facilities improved. Missions supported. Future finances secured. And offering next week activates us into worship. It allows us to say, God, you're my provider. Out of the abundance that I live in, I'm going to give. I give to worship your name. It's an act of physical worship from me to you. God, I want to see a testimony in our church. I want to see a testimony in my life. I want to see a testimony in my community. See, because every great move of God, there was always a personal people who paid a price. Always. Always. Right? Next week is a declaration. It's a paying forward of commitment. It's a step out in faith. It's a paying of a price. It's a moment in time where we can band together as a church and believe for breakthrough in our lives, in our church, and in our community. Next week is a moment where we can collectively come together and say, God, do something amazing through us. Do something amazing through us. David counted the cost. Let me ask you this question. breakthrough in your life, you want to see breakthrough in your family, 
Mental fracturing in uni when you're in school or in your workplace. Let me tell you, it's more than just saying, God, change people. <laughs> it's more than just saying, God, change the situation. There's usually always a prequel. There's pretty much always an action. Let me ask you this question. Next week, you know, we're raising funds to do some pretty cool things in our church. We want to upgrade our facilities here at Collingwood Park. We want to uh, bring in uh, guest speakers like, like uh, Dr. Robbie Sonderega, who we can promote to, I guess, the wider community, you know, and bring lots of people who don't know Centro Church into this place. There's things that we want to achieve as a church so that we can see people one for Jesus. But this is the thing. It's going to cost our community. It's going to cost us. Of the 861 people that call themselves Centroites, <laughs> it's going to cost us if we want to see Ipswich one for Jesus. Let me ask you, next week, what's it going to cost you? What is the cost? What do you think the cost is for the breakthrough in our city? What do you think the cost is for our church? responsibility and leadership understand that God will give you seed come here focused next week come here prayed up come here in faith go to church next Sunday with expectation that God's going to do a testimony through what you give that we as a church are going to see some amazing miracles because collectively we band together and we've done something amazing and we give capacity for God to do something through us. What is it going to cost? You know that God believes in this? God sowed into his own future. God wanted a family, so he sowed his son. And he reaped a family. Think of this, right? You know, God is the beginning of the end. Alpha and the Omega. He can see now and he can see the future, right? When God gives, does he see the cost or does he see the harvest? Right? Does God focus on the beginning or does he focus on the end, the harvest? Because let me tell you, I think if God was focusing on the cost, I don't reckon he would have given his son. Because what father would give their son up? So see, God could see the harvest. He could see the fruit of what giving Jesus was, would have done. He could see that our wholeness and our salvation through the cost of Christ that He planned. See, everybody that says yes to Jesus is valuable to God because there is harvest. That's the harvest of God. Saying yes to Jesus allows you access to God. When you accept that the price was paid, the seed planted, that being Jesus, you're then a product of a loving God. You access who He is because you're His. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never said yes to Jesus. Let me tell you that when you sow a yes to Jesus, you reap reconciliation with God. You reap favor with God. When you sow a yes with Jesus, 
you reap salvation. When you sow a yes to Jesus, you reap a friend. You reap a loving God. You reap hope. You reap wholeness and health. That's what happens when you say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe for the first time you've heard that, you know, there is a God that wants good things for his people. That all we need to do is believe. Just like David did. David just believed and then acted on that belief and God came through. You know, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're saved. It is so simple to say yes to Jesus. It's so simple to say, Lord, I'm saying yes. Because all you have to do is just say yes and believe it. It's that simple. Maybe you're here tonight, you're saying, Tim, you know what? I want to I want to sow a yes because I want to reap a friend. I want to reap a God. I, I, I want to reap help. I want to reap, I, I reap wholeness. I want to reap a life. Let me tell you, all you have to do is say yes. Let me just right now, just if we just all close our eyes. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's look. One person said yes to Jesus tonight. Come on. That's good. That's what we're here for. Woo. That's awesome. Hey, why don't we just pray this prayer together and uh, for that young man that put his hand up, you know, just, uh, I guess, believe as you pray this. So why don't we all pray this? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, paying for my sins, giving me a fresh start. Today I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me for going my own way. Today I repent my heart. I'm going to find out what pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise tonight. Someone saying yes to Jesus. Hey, let me encourage you. Find yourself in a mindset of responsibility this week, right? You want to see your church do some good things? What's it going to cost you? Take responsibility. Don't just think that someone else is going to pay the cost, right? Because if we all do that, who knows? No one's going to pay the cost, right? We all need to take responsibility. Second thing, know that God will give you seed. Know that He has given you seed, right? Third thing, come here focused. Come here prayed up, right? Come here ex- expecting God to move. Because I tell you what, if we come to church next week with those three things ready to give, guaranteed God's going to give us a testimony as a church. Yeah. And that's what we want. Thank you for listening to this podcast.